Any examples used are for illustrative purposes only and do not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and may not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to predict the performance of any specific investment and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Welcome to Money Matters with Mike, with your host, Mike Zeno. Get set for a full hour of financial information and economic news affecting your bottom line. Mike works hard each day to educate Americans like you on how to reach the financial freedom they've worked so hard for. And he can help you, too. So now, let's start the show. Here's Mike Zeno. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's Mike Zeno coming to you live from Fort Mill, South Carolina. Happy Saturday, people. What a great day to be alive in these United States of America. Listen, today we are absolutely bringing the heat. We're going to give you plenty of useful information, some meat on the bone that you can take with you and apply to your personal situations. And once again, this week I have the distinct honor and privilege of being joined by the one, the only, Mr. Matt McClure. Matt, how are you doing today? I am fantastic, Mike. How are you? I'm well, brother. It is, like I said, it's a, a great day to be alive. That's an, any and every day that ends in Y, I always say as a great day to, to be alive. It's much better than the alternative, as we as we so it, often it say. Does. <laughs> it does. Outside, I say it all the time. I'm looking out the window. I'm staring at branches. I'm not looking at roots. So that's, that's a right. good day. That's absolutely, absolutely right. And uh, we are, of course, here, folks, to, to help you along in your financial journey, especially uh, when it comes to your retirement this weekend. It's Money Matters with Mike. Uh, Mike Zeno is uh, the host of the show. He's the expert on all these things. I'm just some guy who's kind of here along for the ride and uh, learning stuff right along with you. And that's what it's all about, really, is financial education. There's going to be a lot of that today and uh, a lot about, you know, talking about financial health. And we're sort of, you know, calling the show a financial checkup for a healthier retirement. Um, so we'll talk a lot about that as we go along here. But folks, uh, moneymatterswithmike.com is the website. And then the phone number, if you would like to give Mike a call for a free financial consultation, 704 560-1573. You can book an appointment there. Um, you can schedule a free financial checkup. It's completely obligation free folks. And Mike, you don't, uh, you don't, not only do you charge anything, do, do you not charge anything? There's no obligation there either. No obligation whatsoever. We just want to check to see if we're a good fit for each other. And bottom line is if you don't have a plan, we know that we can deliver one for you uh, no matter where your situation is, whether you're just starting out, you're in your mid career or if you're uh, closer to retirement, that's really our wheelhouse, that closer to retirement person out there who who may just need a checkup from the neck up, so to speak, um, and make sure that they're in good shape. Or if they're not in good shape, a roadmap, how to get them from point A where they are to point B, their final destination being you know, a secure and financially happy uh, retirement. That's what we do. And so you know, whether they listen to this show, whether they uh, listen to us on our podcast, which can be found anywhere that we're on uh, the air, whether that is on Spotify, on Apple iTunes, or any place else that you may listen to podcasts, if you just go on and search Money Matters with Mike, uh, that's me. So we definitely appreciate you guys listening. Go ahead and share that with folks so that uh, they never miss an episode as well. And, and Matt, like you said, the whole goal of the show is to kind of raise the bar from a financial education standpoint, because in America right now, that system has been broken for quite some time. 
That's right. And, and I actually did a story on that um, for this week's show specifically, uh, where we'll, we'll share that with our listeners a little bit later on. But yeah, it, it talks about a lot of states now beginning to require that financial education. And um, it, yeah, it, it's something that has been sorely missing, in my opinion, in, in schools for a long time. I learn a lot of things in school and, I, and education is very important. Financial education, though, should be a part of it, especially when it comes to those things that you will apply to your daily life. Absolutely. I mean, money matters, right? That's why that's why the name of this show is Money Matters with Mike. Money matters. And, and the more of it that you get to keep uh, for yourself and for your family, that's uh, that that's a bonus. And so that's what we try to teach you to do. Keep those hard earned dollars in your pockets. Keep them out of Uncle Sam's, out of out of anybody else who's, who's just got their greedy paws out there trying to get a piece of yours. That's right. And and uh, that's uh, that, that is the goal, as you say. And, you know, speaking of which, uh, it's uh, been a busy time for the financial markets. It's been a busy time for, uh, you know, government reports about, um, you know, different things, unemployment. We've got, uh, uh, you know, uh, of course, the feds uh, met a couple of weeks ago. They raised interest rates yet again, which again. is a big, a big thing and a big change from what we saw from the previous, you know, basically decade of our lives, if not more. Um, so, I mean, if it's still really a lot of uncertainty out there when it comes to people's finances because they're watching the markets, they're, then they're they're just kind of scared. Yeah, they are. And, and, and the way it impacts us when the Fed raises the rates, I mean, everything that you go to purchase is now more expensive. Your cars are more expensive because your car, your your interest rates are more. Your houses are more expensive because your interest rates are more. Personal loans that you take out at the bank, they're more expensive because your interest rates are more. Why? Because the Fed raised the rate all to try to get a curb on this ridiculous inflation that we've had uh, over the past year, especially this year. It's out of hand and they got to do something to try to curb that inflation. But, you know, the fears are that their action is going to incite a recession. And that's that's a word that nobody likes to hear. Right. Exactly. I mean, there's a there's a fine line that there has to be there between, um, you know, cooling down the economy, cooling off that inflation and, and those inflationary pressures and and then overdoing it. Right. And, and curbing um, the, the demand so much that there is no demand and that you send it into negative territory and then you're de- you're in a recession there's no economic activity going on and everybody's really sad uh, because right. it's you've be overdone effect. it exactly right. exactly it's it's the part of the roller coaster that you don't want to be on is that big dip and uh they're hoping to avoid the big dip but it's you know it's it's um the the goal is is admirable and that's to you know bring down inflation right um i just i wish the optimist in me wishes that we could do it in on the supply side rather than on the demand side right you know because that's one of the reasons that um inflation went up so much was because of the supply chain issues that we absolutely saw. the choking off of supply yeah 100 and then you know that uh, a lot of that then led to higher gas prices and then higher gas prices led to even more inflation and it was like the snowball uh, so they got to do something, but um, you know, I wish, I wish they could do something uh, on the on that supply side that feels a little bit better to us, the lowly consumer out here. <laughs> Matt, I couldn't agree more, brother. I could not agree more. That's right. Well, I, I'm glad when you agree with me because you're a smart guy. And so that means I said something worth hearing. So there you go. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's share something else worth hearing uh, with our listeners here, Mike, uh, as we do each and every week, a little bit of financial wisdom with our quote of the week. 
And this one has to do with interest. And um, I know this is one that you were eager to talk about and expand on some. So here is the quote. It comes from a guy you might have heard of named Albert Einstein. Pretty smart guy. And Pretty the, smart guy. And the, so I hear. And the quote is. Funny hair. That's right. Oh, yeah. Not a great, not a great, you know, fashion uh, icon or anything like that. The, the, the tongue in the light socket look. Right. Totally. Very smart guy. Not a snappy dresser and not a and not a good uh, hairstylist, but very smart and and knew something about uh, money, too, apparently. So here's here's his quote. Um, Compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it earns it. He who doesn't pays it. Mm, mm, How profound is that? He who understands it earns it and he that doesn't pays it. And in, in, uh, compound interest, man, once people understand how compound interest works and how it's different than simple interest, they might be more inclined to save their money, number one, avoid credit card and, and, and other high interest debt, okay, and then learn how to become financially healthy, especially in retirement. So I like for folks to think of compound interest as interest on interest. So in other words, if you have any sum of money invested, that money is going to grow at a faster rate if it's using compound interest than simple interest. For an example, let's just say you have $100,000 and you're getting an 8% simple interest return. That means every year what you're going to earn is $8,000, right? 8% of $100,000. So it doesn't matter. The first year it's 108, the next year it's 116, the next year it's 124 and so on and so so forth until you know that interest runs out or until you get your money. That is simple interest. Compound interest, on the other hand, you're earning the interest on the money itself, and then that compounds so that you earn that money again, but not only on the principal, on your interest as well. So if you have a hundred thousand dollars and it's earning 8%, but compounding annually, you're actually going to earn interest on $108,000 for the second year, not just the $100,000. And conversely, if you have a lot of debt, whether that debt is in car payments or credit card payments or bank loans, any type of you know high compound interest kind of uh, loan that you have, then compound interest is absolutely working against you, right? Yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing is if you let any interest charges uh, go uh, get posted to that account, whether it be a credit card or whatever, like I say, if you have a credit card, you don't pay that credit card off every month as, as is the advice to, to do. Um, then that is going, then you're going to be paying interest on the interest that was accrued the previous month, the next month when you pay the, so it's like, it's, it could be this snowball effect where it, things just really get out of hand. It is. And, and I heard a wise man once say money makes money and money that makes money makes money. And if, <laughs> whether you're earning that interest on the balance that's in a savings or an investment account when you take that, whatever you earn and you reinvest the interest, you're just earning more interest. So I'll give you two examples, Matt. Let's sure. just take you and I as two 25-year-old men. Hey. Okay. We're a little bit older than that those, right now. Those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> if I knew then what I thought I knew then, I'd oh be a very God, rich man. I was 10 feet tall and bulletproof and you couldn't tell me a thing. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Lordy. So let's just say, Matt, we're both 25, Matt, and, and, and you 
take $1,000 a month and you put that away every month for 10 years until you are 35 years of age, and then you don't touch it at all for until you're 65. And let's just assume that your money earns an 8% you know, annual compound uh, interest return. So your 8% return compounded annually, you've invested a total of $12,000 a year times 10 years. You've only put $120,000 of your own money into whatever investment X that's paying you that 8% return. Now take me, I don't do anything at 25 and I start at 35. So you got a 10 year head start on me and you only put your money in for 10 years. Well, I was you know, thinking that I knew it all. So I waited for 10 years and I said, you know what? At age 35, I'm going to put $1,000 a month every single month until I am 65. So 35 to 65, that's 30 years, folks. Guess what? If we both get that same 8% compound return, you put in $120,000. I put in triple the amount, $360,000 of my own money. And because of compound interest, I won't catch you by the time we're both 65. When I first heard that, it blew my mind, Matt. I could not believe that just the power of time combined with compound interest could make that much of a profound effect. You put in one third the money I did and I won't catch you. That's that's insane. Right. So that's why people, it is important for you to understand really how compounding works and the frequency that your money compounds. So there are lots of different frequencies. You can compound daily. You can compound weekly, monthly, yearly. Uh, I mean, there are some accounts that do it twice a week. Uh, there are some accounts that do it twice a year. So it really just depends. But the more frequently your money is compounding, the better off you are going to be and the more money you are going to earn in the long run. Wow. That's amazing. And, and that, you know, you wouldn't, you sort of try and go through that in your mind and you're like, that just doesn't make sense. If this guy's put so much of his own money in there, how would he not have more than the other guy who didn't put, you know, you got a head start on me. That's why it's uh, timing really is everything that, and that's, that really does uh, shine a light on how much compound and interest can work for you. And we talked about how it works against you as well, but that's a great way to think about it it working for you. So great, great advice there. Yeah. And you have to ask yourself out there in listener land, you have to ask yourself this question. How long do you anticipate owning an investment account or how long do you anticipate it taking to pay off a loan? Whether that loan is your car, your credit card, your house, it doesn't matter. The longer you leave money in a savings or investment account, the longer Uh, or the longer I should say that you hold on to debt, the longer it has to compound and the more money that you're either going to earn or the more money that you're going to pay. And so another thing that's a huge factor in compound interest is the pace at which you build up your principal balance or the pace at which you pay down your loan. That makes a huge difference over the long run. So you've always heard people, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to just pay the minimum balance. Because if you have a minimum balance of $1,000 on a credit card, uh, or excuse me, in the minimum payment, rather, you're not going to pay the minimum payment. If you have a $1,000 balance and you only pay the minimum payment, it's something ridiculous, like 18 years to pay off a thousand bucks. Yeah. And if you would just pay a little bit more, I don't care if it's 
15, 20, 30, $50 more, or if you're paying whatever your mortgage is and you want to add a couple hundred bucks or pay half an additional half, if you're able to do that, you're going to cut down a 30 year mortgage by years, taking off, you know, years of interest that you're going to pay. So how do you, how do you do that? Well, all right. If you get a raise at work, a cost of living adjustment at work, you're already used to taking home whatever you're used to taking home. Go ahead and, and, and use that money to either invest more or pay down your debt faster. I mean, and that's that's the simple way to, you know, to kind of have that compounding working for you instead of working against you. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's great. I, you know, people don't often even think about the way that interest compounds. They think, okay, well, you know, if I sign a credit card agreement, here's my interest rate, and then that's you know, I'll, I'll pay interest on that maybe, you know, once a year or whatever. No, it, it's, it's going to compound and it's going to do it most likely several times a year, most likely monthly if it's a credit card. And right. so, uh, that is, um, something that can really, really add up. And, uh, yeah, again, financial education, learning about yeah. these uh, different topics and, and un really understanding them and, and not keeping onto your debt for longer than you absolutely have to and, and building up your investments or your savings so that it's earning for you sooner. These are, these are just two of the, of the pinnacles of, of financial wealth building. Like if you want to call them the blocking and tackling the fundamentals, so to speak, of, of building wealth, that's what you're doing. You got on the line, they're blocking and tackling. That's what enables the running backs to run, the quarterbacks to throw, and, and the receivers to catch. And yes, I'm getting excited because we are less than a month away from <laughs> real football, and I cannot wait. It's the best time of year. So, uh, that's, yeah, I just threw in my little plug for football. That's right. Season. I have to show you something. Our listeners can't see this, Mike, but I have to show you my mouse pad. <laughs> I love your mouse pad. He just put up my favorite uh, my favorite team on his mouse pad. So at least uh, we got two great minds thinking alike. That's right. Well, you know, they, that's what they say. Great minds do think alike. And uh, obviously, two great ones here. We will not reveal the team because we want you to still listen. Uh, but yes, anyway, uh, trust me, I know how passionate some sports uh, sports fans can be. If you mention a team and it's not theirs, because I made the mistake of doing that once on the radio, and I'm not going to do it again. So... <laughs> <laughs> Especially in the southeastern United States. Oh, exactly. Brother. We are passionate about our ball. That is right, one hundred percent. So, um, you know, and that's really though, Mike. Um, what you are all about is about helping people. Just you know, everyday folks with their um, finances and with that financial education. I think a big part of what you do and what you're passionate about is educating people like even if you know they they give you a call they want to work with you or they want to find out if they want to work with you and just have mm -hmm. that initial conversation a lot of that is about you know just getting to know the person starting a, to try and build some sort of a relationship but also a bit of financial education in there as well yeah and, and different people have different levels of sponge right so some people out there are going to be able to listen and understand exactly what I say. And, and and I break things down in plain English. That's one of the ways that I've always prided myself in separating myself from a lot of the other folks that are out there trying to teach people about money is that I'm going to break it down in terms that you can understand. Well, some people you know can absorb a lot of that and then some people are not able and that's okay. So whatever level of sponge you have, I just, it all starts with an understanding from my standpoint of what you want to do in retirement. You know, what are your goals? Goals. What do you see yourself doing? How are you spending your time? Who are you with? Are you providing stability for both yourself and your family? 
And so we're able to, once we get answers to those questions, we can organize a custom financial plan that'll enable you to fund both your goals and expenses. And that's through a combination of guaranteed income strategies, social security maximization, and a whole lot more, Matt. Yeah, that, and that's uh, right. And, you know, so, so helpful to get that big picture, because I think that you know, a lot of people might say, Mike, that, okay, I why why would I need to go see somebody like you and get this, a comprehensive retirement plan in place? Because, you know, maybe I have a job, I've got a 401k, uh, I'll be fine. But that is not really the whole picture of what you're going to need for retirement. They might think it's fine, but eh, probably not. No, it's not. I mean, and, and again, why do people need a comprehensive retirement plan? Well, we find that way too many people think that retirement planning is solely about rate of return. And yet we find they have absolutely no income plan whatsoever. Uh, we also find that too many people have no clue about the bonds that they hold inside of their portfolio. And in many cases, bonds are up to 40% of their holdings. Uh, we find that way too many people have no plan for healthcare expenses. And this is a monumental problem. If you're not out there and you're not addressing the rising cost of healthcare and what that can mean to you in retirement, you are going to get left capsized out in the ocean and, and, and treading water in retirement when it comes to paying for this stuff. It, it, it surprises me how many people have absolutely no legacy plan, uh, no beneficiaries that have actually been set up, no wills, no trusts, like no, hey, what is going to happen if I die today? There are a lot of people out there that have health issues. And you, you you are very fortunate to be alive and breathing today, and you might not be here tomorrow. Where does that leave your family? And if you were gone, all of a sudden gone, not here tomorrow, would your spouse know what to do? Would your spouse know what they were getting? Would they know who to contact, what steps to follow? See, that's why it's so, so, so important. And in our experience, we've also found that many people haven't even thought about what they are going to do when every day is like a Saturday and they're off. Okay. They, there's only so much golf you can pay, only so much fishing you can do. There's only so much time you can spend with the grand youngins before you want to give them back. Right. <laughs> and beyond that, how they're going to pay for what they want to do when they get to do it. So that's why it is so important to understand the reasonings why it is important to have a comprehensive retirement plan, especially going into retirement. Yeah. You know, that, um, last thing that you mentioned there, Mike, it's like almost like every day is a vacation in retirement. But you know, the thing about vacations, you got to pay for them. So there you go. If every day is a vacation, you got to pay even more. So there we Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you got to got to have that in mind, have that sort of mindset. And, um, you know, you also mentioned the uh, a legacy plan for beneficiaries in there as well as being something that's very important. I actually recently heard uh, a story about true story about uh, someone who there was a husband and a wife uh, who were elderly. They were, um, the, the husband was not in good health. They thought he was going to die before the wife. Well, it turns out the wife died before the husband mm. and there, um, were no, uh, contingent or, or secondary beneficiaries in the life insurance policy. And right. so this agent talked to the children. They died like three weeks apart. So in that three week period, the agent talked to the children of this couple and said, look, something has to be done here. You got to figure this out because, you know, something could happen to your dad, which was not unexpected because he was in poor health. 
Well, three weeks later, before anything was happened, he uh, he passed away as well. There were no secondary beneficiaries on the policy. And then things went to the probate and and it was just all a big mess. So that's something to think about as well. Have that all of your ducks in a row. Absolutely. And and I even have a personal story on that one. I had a client who's been a client for years and and she passed away and she left her daughter uh, who was in, in her early 50s, uh, a considerable sum of money. And one of the commitments that I always make to my clients just to give them additional peace of mind is that, hey, if you pass away, make sure your children know how to get in contact with me. I will hold their hand through everything and make sure that the transfer of wealth actually occurs and they're due or they receive every bit of money uh, and property that is due them. So that's a commitment that I make to all of my clients. So, you know, again, we provide comprehensive consultations. It doesn't cost anything. And it just allows us to analyze your financial situation and closely examine any annuities or, 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 or life insurances that you currently have. We'll look at what fees you're currently paying. We'll try to help you cut costs will help you maximize your social security, uh, help you out with Medicare, and just basically compare your current situation to what's possible if you work with us. And so I always say this, you know, this year especially, if you haven't heard from your advisor lately and they're kind of hiding under a rock uh, because they haven't liked to, to broadcast the fact that your portfolio is probably uh, miserably down so far this year, then it might be time just to get a second set of eyes, a second opinion, and, and see what we can do for you. It's time for this week's Problem Solver. Ah, uh, yes, the dramatic introduction to my favorite segment that we do. <laughs> I just, I can't help it. I love it so much. And uh, I enjoy learning stuff. And this is this is the part of the show where Mike solves my problems. So and and your problems as well out there in listener land, as we say. Um, so, yeah, this is our problem solver segment, as you just heard very dramatically. And I am going to present Mike Zeno with the problem. And Mike Zeno is going to solve that problem as he so often does. And that's how it's the problem solver segment. There we go. A pretty simple concept. Let's take it away with this week's version of problem solver. So Mike, you know, a lot of folks, maybe they have variable annuities, right? A lot of people have variable annuities that they don't understand too, I think. <laughs> um, you know, their their principal is at risk in, in the market. And that is um, just a very scary proposition this year of all years. You know, they're paying mm -hmm. something like three to 6% in fees that they don't necessarily understand. They're paying income rider fees just to have their money paid back to them. So talk about variable annuities what people need to know about them that they might not know, and um, what should they do if they find themselves with a variable annuity, especially in, in times like we're living in right now? Again, uh, variable annuities. We like to call them scaryable annuities because they are pretty scary. The very word variable means what? It means change. Well, change to the positive is awesome because they can make a lot of money, but just because they are exposed to market volatility and they're invested in the market, uh, change to the negative like we've seen this year, it just doesn't take very long to erode those years of growth or significant portions. I was talking with uh, one of my 
prospective clients today on a, on a Zoom call, and she was telling me how she's just absolutely sick of the bleeding in her variable annuity. She's lost this year alone over $20,000. She's like, Mike, I could have gone and bought a car. And I'm like, yeah, you, you could have bought a car. And so, you know, the solutions are to get away from those fees, to get, a, get away from the income rider fees and, and, and the all the fees that you are associated with a scariable annuity. You might want to consider a different type of annuity that can help better protect and grow your wealth. We, we believe that your money should be working as hard as you worked for it. It should be working that much harder for you. And you should never have to pay somebody else uh, who's managing that type of, of, of account for you to lose your money. So a fixed indexed annuity can both protect and grow your wealth. Okay. Everybody, if you think about the old, the old children's story, Goldilocks and the three bears, right? Remember that oh, one, Matt? Oh yeah. Okay. I, I'm, right. I'm hungry for some porridge already. <laughs> <laughs> So Goldilocks and the three bears, if we do a comparison, a variable annuity, that's way too hot. Why? Because it's in the market. It's at risk. There are fees involved. Okay. On the opposite end, a fixed annuity is too cold because it's more like a bank CD. It's not beating inflation. Very, very low interest as far as their crediting. But a fixed indexed annuity is just right. It's the one that tastes the best. It has a lot more flexibility. It only participates in market gains up to a very reasonable gain. I mean, I'm seeing I'm seeing people now on 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 historical averages anywhere from nine to eleven percent over the past ten years. Now that being said, a monkey could have made money in the last ten years. Okay, but I look at the worst ten years. That's what I always do because if if you're okay with the you know performance during the worst ten years of these type of products, then you know depending on the company. Companies, I've seen the worst 10 years being between five and 8%. Think about that for a second. If you were in the worst 10 years of a scariable annuity, okay, a variable annuity, I promise you, you weren't earning money. You were losing a lot of your money. So that's how, you know, a, a fixed index annuity can be just right and benefit our clients. Not only that, there's a big misunderstanding. They people, a lot of people out there think that, you know, in an annuity, once you die, that's it. The, the insurance company takes the money. Well, in old school annuities, it was absolutely that way. Okay. And, and, but not, that's not the, the new school annuity. If you, if you haven't really taken a deep dive into how these things work over the past, I would say 10 to 20 years, then it might be time to actually look at restructuring some of your portfolio, especially those bonds that you don't even know what they're invested in anyway. Okay. And this year bonds touched a negative 13% return, uh, as far as on the money, that was the worst it got. You'll never experience that in, in any type of fixed indexed annuity because zero becomes your hero when everybody else in the market is losing. So again, your variable annuity, golden, go, going back to Goldilocks and the three bears, is too hot. Your fixed annuity, that's too cold, but your fixed index annuity is just right. There we go. That's uh, I love a little a little uh, fairy tale uh, comparison here, but that's very true. You know, it's it's uh, if people are um, you know risk averse, they might say, "Oh, well, I want that fixed annuity because I know on paper what it's what's going to happen and all this." But you know, it's got its disadvantages as well. A lot of disadvantages, especially that um, uh, you know risk in, in the variable annuities. So the other option there then is the fixed indexed. 
And and one thing to point out, because a lot of folks out there be they they hear about it, but they just don't know where to get them. Okay, and and so I am not uh, a fixed annuity or a fixed index annuity seller for a single company. We have access to all of the top companies, and depending again upon you and your situation, whether you need income right now, whether you want growth for the next ten years, whether you want growth for a few years and then plan on taking income or whether you never plan on touching this money, okay? We have a different strategy and potentially a different company for each one of those strategies. So I don't work for the annuity companies, people. All right, I work for you. And, and, and I, there's no logo that is going on my on my golf shirt other than, you know, just brands that I like to wear. I don't, I don't wear annuity companies logos on my shirt. So even though I am a huge fan of them, I will always do uh, what's going to put you in the best situation for sure. And if that sounds good to you, folks, remember moneymatterswithmike.com is the website for the show. And you can find all the contact information there. Um, you can fill out the contact form on the website as well and uh, be in touch directly with Mike Zeno, or you can actually give him a call. It does ring his phone. I promise. Uh, 704 560-1573. That's 704-560-1573. Come on down as we test your financial knowledge in Right or Wrong. All right. It is that time once again where we uh, test at least my financial knowledge um, and <laughs> we'll find out how right or wrong I am in a segment that is, of course, as you just heard, called Right or Wrong. It works uh, basically like a, like a true or false kind of a thing here. And what I'll do is present a, uh, a statement to uh, Mike Zeno and then our good friend, Mike Zeno, who is the expert in all of these things, will tell me if I got it right or if I got it wrong. Now, Mike, I have to say, I really hope I do better than I did last week. <laughs> I went 0 for 3. Then you struck out last oh, week. Then yes. you went 0 for 3. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And you let me know it, too. You're like, oh, strike three. I'm like, oh, oh. oh just, just make me feel terrible. But I'm going to try and redeem myself right now. See if I can get my average back up there so I can get into the, the right or wrong Hall of Fame. All right. That's all right. The coach will get you off the pine and get you a swing, you know, at least a plate of That's right. Yeah, exactly. Here we go. Hopefully, uh, hopefully so. All right. Number one in right or wrong. Our first statement is it's a waste of time to have your financial accounts reviewed on an annual basis. Is that right or is that wrong, Mike? Are you kidding me, Matt? That's wrong. All right. You definitely want to take at least once a year. I've heard people that haven't looked at their accounts in many, many, many years. But think about it. You want to inspect what you expect regarding your financial future. And an annual checkup can prevent you from paying too much in taxes and paying too much in fees before those expenses absolutely cause a lifestyle change down the road. Yeah. Okay. So wrong. Okay. You should balance your investments. Okay. Every single year and, and do that financial checkup. Yeah. Well that, okay. So I am just not off to a great start. I'm not redeemed myself just yet. Uh, but I, I will, I'll do it. I promise. Okay. I, I'm, I've got a good feeling. I've got a good feeling going forward with number two. Here we go in right or wrong. Statement number two is you should balance your investments across tax deferred, taxable and tax free accounts. Is that right or wrong? Matt, that's correct. You got it right, brother. Hey, okay? I got one. You should absolutely <laughs> balance those investments. <laughs> so think of it like, uh, uh, 
three buckets, right? There's a smart money list that's out there and they say, hey, you know what? The best kind of money in the world is free money. The second best kind of money in the world is tax-free money. And then the third best kind of money is tax-deferred money. So uh, you want to absolutely minimize the effect that taxes are going to have on your retirement. I ask people all the time, do you think taxes in the future are going up or are going down? What do people always say? Oh, they're going up. They're going up. In fact, I have never heard one person think and, and, and project that taxes are going to be less in the future. When we look at things like our, our national debt and we look at things like all the stimulus that they pumped into the economy and just the printing of money left, right, and center, they have no choice. They can either you know, spend less. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> We're talking about the government or they can tax more. And so you guys need to take advantage of the only two types of tax free uh, investments when it comes to accessing tax free money in retirement. The IRS folks, they do not make a great partner when it comes to your retirement. You don't want to do see do with uh, the IRS in your golden years, for sure. Not at all. Nobody likes the IRS. And we, you know, when we retire, especially, we want to just keep them out of the picture. And you know, that actually, that remind reminded me, Mike, of, um, you know, earlier this year, uh, we unfortunately lost my dad. But the good thing that happened after that was, you know, he had a, a whole life policy. And, mm. um, but, you know, my, my mom has been very thankful for that because it's really, really helped her out. But uh, the surprising thing for me, because this is the first time that I had ever dealt with that, like personally in, in my life, um, right. was I helped her, you know, call, get in touch with the insurance company. You know, they sent a form and said, hey, send this form and the death certificate back. And it really in a week or two, like they sent, you know, it seemed like that a check for the full amount, the full benefit amount. And the full amount. You know why they sent that, right? Yeah, well, because it's not going to be taxed. <laughs> That's right. Death benefit from a life insurance company or a life insurance policy is not taxable. I mean, it's one of the things I'm afraid of. They're going to try to get their greedy paws on on the death benefit from a, from a life insurance policy. And it's one of the greatest ways to pass on wealth from generation to generation. So, I mean, think about that for a second, people. If you want to be able to change your family tree, literally change your family tree, uh, you know, leave people significant sums of money that they can invest, then, then the tax-free death benefit from a life insurance policy for sure is one way to go. Yeah, absolutely. And it really did a lot of good for, for my mom and my family. So I can attest to that. Personally, one hundred percent. Well, you never like to lose a loved one, Matt. But yeah. you know, when they leave, when they leave something behind, yeah. at least they, they didn't, you know, yell at your dad for being too cheap to buy life insurance. Right, exactly. Well, see, that's the thing is, he planned ahead. You know, he 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 knew, and he had that life insurance policy for years. He also had um, done a pre-planning at the funeral home and all of that, and all of those expenses, except for just a little bit, were had already been paid up front. So, I mean, that took such a burden off of all of us, and we could actually, you know, grieve and mourn and and do the things 
that you need to emotionally do instead of worrying yeah. about all the mechanics of how everything was going to work. So that right. That and how great. you're going to pay for X, Y, and Z, yeah. because I'm sure at the time that was your dad was probably a significant source of income, yeah. uh, you know, for, for your mom yeah. as, well, as well. Absolutely. And so, you know, that's something too. when when, you know, another use for the life insurance is because if you're in both on Social Security and one of the spouses passes away, well, so too does one of the Social Security payments, right? Yeah. The, the surviving spouse only gets to keep the one that's greater. So the the lesser of the two, and sometimes that's a thousand or more dollars a month is now gone from income so that life insurance payment can absolutely help replace that income for quite a long time. Yeah, uh, 100% can. So that, that could be a very ven- beneficial thing for just about anybody, I would say. Well, um, okay, right or wrong, I'm one for two so far. I'm batting 500 at this point. Let's see if I can officially redeem myself from last week's really, really poor showing. Um, and uh, here is statement number three in right or wrong. You can structure your retirement accounts to deliver tax-free income during retirement. Let me, I'll say that one more time. You can structure your retirement accounts to deliver tax-free income during retirement. Is that right or is that wrong? Matt, you hit that one. Uh, got a base hit again. You are right. Okay. Both Roth IRAs, okay, and certain life insurance policies, namely an indexed universal life policy, can provide tax-free income in retirement. So let's start with a Roth IRA, right? Because you paid the money on the seed, by the time that seed you know matures and grows and it's harvest time, you've already paid the tax on the harvest as well. So that means that when you go to take that money out, you don't have to pay any taxes. So that's one source of tax-free money, whether that's a Roth IRA or if your company offers uh, you a Roth 401k or 403b, then uh, definitely, definitely should consider paying and, and, and contributing into the Roth 401k or 403b or TSP if you're a federal employee. Okay. And then another advantage with the Roth is that because, again, you've already paid the tax, there are no required minimum distributions, which is just another way for the government to get at money that you may or may not need in retirement if you have not yet paid the tax. And so, um, again, no required minimum distributions once you turn 72. And then we talked a little bit about an indexed universal life policy, but because of the IRS and the tax code, it's actually tax code 7702 for those of you who really want to get down to the nitty gritty, that allows you to build up cash value life insurance and then take tax-free withdrawals from the accumulated cash value of the policy. But these are withdrawals that can be set up for lifetime payments and it's just offset by the death benefit. So a properly structured indexed universal life policy can be a great source of of tax-free retirement uh, money for you. Yeah, and that's uh, something I think an option that people might not even consider because they say, okay, well, you know, again, and I've said this before, and, and it's the experience that I have with life insurance personally is that death benefit, but it can actually, you know, certain policies can benefit you and your family during your lifetime. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and the whole thing is because we kicked off this and talked about compound interest, right? That was the meat on the bone segment for this week. So if you're in your 30s, your 40s, maybe even your early 50s, then an index universal life policy can work really, really well for you, depending on how much you're able to contribute to it on, on a monthly basis. Uh, once you get into your mid 50s or, or later, 
there are better strategies, I think, for you than than uh, than the index universal life policy. You still need life insurance, but I think that you know those are more geared towards your your mid career folks, okay, or or even your younger people. So if you're younger than uh, fifty years old, I think those from a strategic standpoint, they just have the power of time, right? That 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 one variable in that equation, time in the market in time earning compound interest just allows it to grow that much more which all that does is uh make your the income that you can take on a lifetime basis that much greater the more time you have let it grow the more money you're going to be able to withdraw in retirement yeah, absolutely absolutely true and uh buddy th- th- two for three hey, man. look at that look at me i'm i'm telling you i am uh i'm trying to redeem myself He's back. i'm back in my form We'll see how it goes next week. <laughs> um, very hit or miss, pun intended. Um, all right. So uh, we're going to d- do a little uh, something here, uh, Mike. We, we teased it earlier in the show. And uh, it's something that's very, very important. I know to you, that's one, one of the reasons that you do this show. Uh, one of the main reasons you do this show is to educate folks. And we talk about that all the time because it is so important. What is also so important is financial education for younger people, for, you know, preparing people to go out into the real world and, and be a, a part of society and, you know, all of the things that come along with that. So I did this story this week about more and more states that are now requiring financial education in school, high school, mainly even younger than that, all, all um, in other uh, situations and in locations in some locations, I should say. But um, listen to this. We'll talk about it on the other side. And uh, I know this is an important thing. So take a listen. This is about uh, financial education in high school and sometimes even younger. They say you don't know what you don't know, but a growing number of states are trying to fix that when it comes to finances. I'm Matt McClure with the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife. In high school, students are often required to take advanced math courses like algebra and trigonometry. But for years, the basics of budgeting, bank accounts, and savings have been neglected in the classroom. But that seems to be quickly changing. 21 states now require at least some form of financial education before students graduate high school. One of those states is Nevada. Governor Steve Sisolak recently told CNBC. A great percentage, I think 50 some odd percent of Americans can't cover a thousand dollar emergency cost if it comes up without borrowing the money. So it tells us that we need to invest more. We have invested two point five million dollars from the state into these programs and to make sure that it gets out. We address access and equity so that everybody gets this education. It's not just reserved for the upper class. Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves also told CNBC he knows firsthand how valuable a financial education can be. He graduated with a degree in economics and worked in the financial arena before running for office. Which is one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about trying trying to encourage uh, my fellow Mississippians uh, and really my fellow Americans to to uh, to make sure that financial literacy is is available uh, to as many people as possible, because I really do think it can help. Uh, Americans have a better life. In New Jersey, Governor Phil Murphy says programs there start as early as middle school. There's a temptation uh, that comes with a lot of different things that you all of a sudden think you can afford. And you don't realize the consequences on the back end, uh, whether it's uh, physical items, whether it's mean stocks or whatever it might be. Uh, and so getting kids uh, at the earliest age as possible, we think is critical. 
How well are the programs working? Well, it could be too early to tell. MoneyRates.com found mixed results in a recent survey, but its authors note that financial education itself is not a quick fix, so with more time, results could improve. So, how educated are you when it comes to your personal finances and planning for retirement? And are you going to pass down that knowledge to future generations? Those are key questions to consider as our financial lives become more complicated. With the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife, I'm Matt McClure. More money, more problems? Not on this show. You're listening to Money Matters with Mike. So, Mike, what do you think? I mean, you know, we've got a lot of state, 21 states now that uh, require some type of financial education before you graduate, uh, you know, whether it be a full course, whether it be integrated into another course, at least it's there. And it's something that's going to help out, I think, a lot of uh, kids and teenagers uh, as they make their way toward adulthood. It is. And how excited I am that we're actually having it here in the Carolinas. North Carolina, it's already in effect. South Carolina, it's been approved and, and about to go into effect. So think about that for a second. We're teaching our kids how money works And that's important because if they learn from a young age that they need to save their money and they can't spend more than they have, then that's just setting them up for future financial success in life and future financial success in retirement. So I'm I'm super excited about that little piece you did there, Matt. Great job on that. And, uh, you know, I hope I hope more states. I mean, that should it should be a 50 out of 50. Right. Mm -hmm. We would hope that the United States would become a little bit more uh, educational with its financial system. And, and again, that's why hopefully you guys have, have been able to take little nuggets from shows week to week and apply them to your daily life. Yeah, absolutely. That That's um, it's so important, you know, as, as we've said, um, to educate people about finances. I'm all about just practical information and practical, uh, you know, things that you can apply to your daily life, whether it be finance or whatever. And that's one thing that I always, I remember being a, being a kid and, and uh, a teenager and saying, Oh, why do I have to take, you know, take this geometry class or, you know, I'm not going to be an architect. Why do I have to take this, you know, I have to take trigonometry. I'm not going to be some rocket scientist or whatever, you know? And, and, and I'm like, they, you know, they should really teach kids how to, at the time, you know, balance a checkbook. Well, nobody really has a checkbook anymore, but how to, how to manage their bank accounts, how to do uh, the thing, you know, come up with a budget, how to, you know, stick to that budget, how to put money by for for a rainy day, how to plan for retirement, all of those things that we talk about a lot um, that, you know, they just haven't been learning. But so, yeah, it's, it's a great thing that it's uh, making a, a come. I don't know if it's really a comeback or if it's a first time, but it's go, it's coming somewhere and from somewhere. Yeah. One of, one of my good one of my good friends, you know, he's, he's got a kid and he bought him his first little dirt bike. And it was like a, you know, a little Yamaha, whatever, 50, just this really small dirt bike. And and he's kind of outgrown that now. And so he's been cutting grass and, and doing all these uh, odd jobs for people in his neighborhood. And then the other day, it turns out he sold his Yamaha, you know, 50 cc for not much less than what was paid for it originally. And he put that with the money that he had earned by doing all these little odd jobs and had enough money to then buy like a 125, which was like the next step up from, you know, because he had severely outgrown the smaller one. And I thought to myself, man, what a great, great lesson for this kid to, to be able to uh, have to work for something. Right. Oh, yeah. Have to save for something, sell off 
an asset that he had to to then take that money and apply toward a new one. I mean, that kid is going to be miles ahead of somebody who just goes through life. I was watching, oh my goodness, I was watching this Dr. Phil segment that was shared on, I think it was Instagram, and I couldn't believe it. This like 24-year-old was still living at home and her mother was giving her a $1,000 a week allowance. Can you believe that? What? A $1,000 a week allowance. And the kid on national TV on Dr. Phil was like whining that she couldn't live off a $1,000 allowance. And the mother said, well, you're just going to have to get a job. And- (laughs) the child started crying and no, I don't want to get a job. That means I have to work. And I was, I'm like, surely this is staged, right? It's gotta be, please tell me there are not people that actually think that way, but you'd be surprised or actually maybe you wouldn't be surprised about the current state of America when it comes to financial education. This child was not, and I call her a child, even though she was in her mid twenties, was not taught anything about money and the value of working for it from an early age. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited about the fact that, that they're requiring this stuff. Yeah, now. absolutely. I, I, maybe that maybe that girl can go back, girl, young lady, uh, whoever can go back to school and uh, take one of these financial education courses because it sounds like she could use it. And hey, all I have to say, oh. too, is if she can't live off $1,000 a week from the mom, the mom is more than welcome to send me that money. She can route it directly to my account. I, I you know, I will not complain <laughs> one bit. And, and, and I said a thousand a week. It may have been a thousand a month. I don't remember. But the point is, it was a ridiculous sum of money for a mother just to be giving yeah. to their kid and the kid whining and saying, no, I can't live off this. And I've been used to this standard of living. So you got to come up with the difference, you know, for I'm like, no, 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 no. Come see me. Yeah. please. Yeah, seriously. You know, when I was let me give you a hard dose of reality. Right. Well, you know, when I was in my mid twenties, I had been working for ten years. So there we go. That's exactly. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Anyway, at least in my opinion, I wouldn't trade it for the world. All right. So it sounds like Mike that that uh, family in general could use a bit of a financial checkup, um, or or mm. maybe an emergency room visit uh, there for their financial situation. Uh, yeah, I tell you, you know, they need to be. Warm. Woken up for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, but a financial checkup really is, it's a thing. It's a thing that you do for folks all the time, I know. And it's not just a a look at the surface of things. It's really kind of a deep dive into somebody's finances, their situation, right? Talk to us a little bit uh, as we have about five minutes left in the show to, to, um, you know, just talk a little bit about what that is going to entail for someone who reaches out to you and wants to start finding out more and see if they want to work with you. All right. So this is a little bit different than the consultation, right? The consultation is just about finding out about you and what your goals are and what your objectives are and, and kind of where you sit in total right now. The deep dive, the financial checkup is where you bring in all of your documents, whether it's an IRA, whether it's a 401k, 403b, TSP, anything that you hold or any place that you hold assets, whether it's cash, whether it's real estate, uh, whether it's gold. You know, we want to take a really, really deep dive into what you have. We check balances. We're going to review the rates of return over the past 12 months, over the past three years, over the past five years. We're going to try to identify whether or not you have an income gap. In other words, there is more month than money as far as what you're used to paying in in while you have a job versus 
what you're going to be earning from an income standpoint in retirement, or is there an income surplus? So that's the better of the two, Matt, where you have more money than month. Also, what percentage of your income is going to come from Social Security? The last statement that I got said that Social Security was not going to be able to meet its current obligation in the year 2034. Well, that's just 12 years away, 11 and a half since we're already in August, shoot, 11 and a quarter right. uh, since we're already in, in, in August, right? It's not that far away. And so I like to go into planning kind of just counting Social Security as a bonus. If it's there, hey, great. We'll, we'll, there'll be some extra money, some gravy, but I don't want people that are, especially if you're in your 30s or 40s or 50s, uh, depending on Social Security in its current state. I just don't think it's going to be there. If you currently have any type of pension plan or current annuity, we'll take an x-ray of those. How much are you paying in fees inside of those? Pensions are most often funded by what's called a single premium annuity, uh, immediate annuity, which is a type of an immediate annuity. Um, they're very, very good at paying you your money back, but they aren't so good at growing your money. All right. We'll do a little bit of tax planning as far as do you have a potential ticking tax time bomb because you have elected to do a 401k or a 403b or a TSP on the traditional side, non-Roth side. So you haven't paid the taxes on the seed and now you're growing that harvest so that they won't tax the seed, they'll tax the whole farm. That can absolutely explode on you in retirement. If you have life insurance, you know, what kind of life insurance do you have? Do you have cash value? What is the cash value of your policies? You might be able to do what's called a 1035 exchange and move the cash value from one policy over to an indexed universal life policy that can both protect and grow your money and then also provide you with living benefits. Again, old school life insurance was death insurance. New school life insurance protects you if you die too soon, if you live too long, or if you get sick in the middle. And then how much of your money is available for tax-free withdrawals in uh, retirement? We'll go over your real estate, your family home, your rental property, land, all these types of things. I mean, it is truly a deep dive in a very comprehensive financial checkup before we're ever going to recommend a course of action for you. Yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's that important that we have all of the information because you can't complete a puzzle without all the pieces, right? It's very true. It's very true. Right. And, and that, so, yeah. And, and I'm folks, you know, if, if that, um, and as Mike said, it's different than that initial consultation where it's like a sort of a getting to know you kind of a thing and, and deciding if you want to work together. And it seems like this is going to be something that's, that's going to be uh, a good partnership to have. Um, but it is a, a kind of an essential thing when you're looking at planning for retirement. You need to have somebody go through with a fine tooth comb like this. And if you are interested in learning more, you can go to moneymatterswithmike.com. That's the website for the show, moneymatterswithmike.com. Or you can give Mike a call, 704-560-1573. And as I said earlier, I promise that rings his phone directly. And he will, if he doesn't answer immediately, he will call you back. I know he's a man of his word. Well, uh, Mike, it has come and gone very, very fast this week. Um, had a lot of fun, learned a lot. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it again next time, sir. 
Man, Matt, I appreciate it. as always you being my rock solid co-host. Uh, people out there in listener land, without you, this show does not exist. So if you know anybody that could benefit from the information, from the education that we provide, please share the name of the show, Money Matters with Mike, whether they subscribe to our podcast, whether they tune in every single uh, weekend. Um, just share my number, share the website. My number is not a secret. The website is not a secret. The more you share, the more people you can positively impact. I hope each and every single one of you enjoy the rest of your weekend. And as always, make it a great day. Thanks for listening to Money Matters with Mike. You deserve to work with a financial and insurance expert who can offer strategies for protecting and growing your hard-earned money. To schedule your free, no-obligation consultation, visit MoneyMattersWithMike.com or pick up the phone and call 704-560-1573. That's 704-560-1573. Not affiliated with the United States government, Mike Zeno does not offer tax, legal, or investment advice. Consult with your tax advisor or attorney regarding specific situations. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice. These opinions are not intended as investment advice, nor do they predict future performance of any product. All information provided is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation or warranty as to the accuracy of any statement. This information is intended to be educational in nature and does not provide a guarantee or a specific result. All copyrights and trademarks are the property of the respective owners. AmeriLife assumes no responsibility or liability for the content of this message. The information contained herein is provided on an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, timeliness, or the results obtained from the use of this information.